Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode of Switchcraft is brought to you by patrons like Luigi Jr. Support Switchcraft and my other content for as little as a dollar at patreon.com slash run jump stomp. Episode 136 of Switchcraft is also brought to you by OP Seat. Head on over to opseat.com and use the coupon code run jump sit for $10 off your gaming chair. Switchcraft is recorded three times a week at 3 p.m. U.S. Eastern on Tuesday, Thursday, and on Saturdays at whatever time I can get around to it. Uh, make sure that you tune in live. Go over to twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp, and you'll be able to chat with these awesome people. We've got Kodiak Moonwolf, uh, Snow Goes Ham, Vaxer, uh, Captain Logan, DJ Windrunner, Aerslia, Kimbalina66, Link31254, who just subscribed for seven months. Thank you for that. Mr. Dippy, Nintendork2012, 08-bit boomstick, oh, 8-bit boomstick, sorry I messed up your name there, Fisto, Pudding, and T.F. Wagner, along with the Lurkers. Thank you guys very much for hanging out with me while I record the show live. It makes it a lot more fun for me. Um... Let's jump right into uh, the news because we don't have any feedback today, but that's okay. Uh, If you're looking for ways to give me feedback, you can email me, runjumpstomp at gmail.com. You can tweet at me, at runjumpstomp. By the way, if you do email me, uh, you're going to want to keep it short. Like I did get an email this week, and it was really long and i appreciate the feedback but i can't read that whole thing on the air so uh make sure that you keep it short um you know about tweet length would be fine and same with the voicemails if you call and leave a voicemail that's 260 run jump that's 260-786-5867 i had somebody call the other day and leave a voicemail and i listened to the whole thing but it was a five minute voicemail uh and i'm not going to play that on the air but i do appreciate uh, you guys calling in and emailing and tweeting when you do, it's really helpful. Uh, other ways that you can get a hold of me is to join our Discord, runjumpstomp.com slash Discord, and you get to hang out with all of those other awesome people. Uh, so make sure you head on over there. I'm a number one. So the first story for today is that Monster Hunter is not co- Monster. I'm sorry. Let me start over. Monster Hunter World is not coming to the Switch. And it's been revealed that the reason is not because the Switch is underpowered or anything like that. It's because it's been in development for four years. And it takes a lot of work to pivot something that you spend four years working on and bring it to a new platform. So I really, I don't blame uh, Capcom for not bringing Monster Hunter World to the Switch. It's disappointing because they've had so many uh, Monster Hunter games on the Switch and then to suddenly go in the direction of Xbox and PS4 and leave the Switch behind... You know, I think that that's really what the issue is. A lot of people feel uh, almost jilted, but I think most people should understand that if you've been working on a game for that long, it's it's just going to take way too much work to easily port it, especially because I don't know what engine they used. If they used a proprietary engine, 
that's a lot more work that they would have to do in order to get the game running uh, at a decent frame rate or uh, acceptably on the Switch. Because, yes, the Switch is uh, a bit less powerful. Now, when when I when when we first had the switch announced and people were like, oh, man, we're going to see so many third party games coming to the switch. And I do think that we will. I really do think that we will, because the switch has been selling really, really well. And there were a few developers, mainly the bigger ones, who said, you know what, we're going to wait. We're going to just see how things go. And at this point, the switch has been doing so well. Uh, we'll talk about how well in just a second. Um it's been doing so well. Actually, we'll talk about it right now. Nintendo may have already outsold the Wii U at this point. Um, so I'm just going to take a quick detour from my Monster Hunter discussion. And we'll take a look at this uh, tweet from Takahashi Mochizuki. Uh, hopefully I didn't butcher the guy's name. Now, he's uh, an analyst and tech reporter at the Wall Street Journal in Tokyo. And he says uh, in his tweet, analyst says Nintendo might have sold 7 million Switch units in October to December globally, which would bring the life-to-date figure at more than 14.6 million, which is how many we use the Nintendo Switch, or I'm sorry, the that Nintendo sold in its entire lifetime. Um, we won't find out until the end of the month because Nintendo doesn't report its uh, third quarter fiscal uh, third fiscal year quarter until the end of the month. So we're going to have to wait and find out. Uh, but that's pretty great news. Now, any third party. Uh, company that is looking at the sales of the Switch and um, trying to decide if they're going to come, they've got to have, they had to have made that decision by now. Uh, I, by, by the way, I brought up the engine and uh, pudding in chat says Monster Hunter World is developed on MT Framework, a 3D engine developed by Capcom. So it is a proprietary engine and porting a proprietary engine to the switches would be a lot of work. So I understand why uh, they're going to be skipping the switch this time. That doesn't mean we won't see games for the switch. And these other companies who you know, they've, they're bringing out games on the PS4 and the Xbox One, and they're not coming to the Switch. I don't think that that's going to be the norm for a while. Uh, and I think that quickly, well, not quickly, but soon-ish, uh, that is going to start changing because it takes a lot of time for a company to switch what they're doing, no pun intended, uh, over to develop on a different platform. And they, uh, many companies took that wait-and-see approach. You want to see how the Switch is doing. But having sold almost 15 million consoles in the first year is impressive as hell. And anybody still sitting on the sidelines is just a fool. Now, what do I not want to see? I don't want to see hastily made ports coming to the Switch. I think that that would be bad for the Switch in general. I think it would be bad for those games. And that's what we've seen uh, happen on Nintendo consoles in the past. We've seen so many times where, uh, like, especially on the Wii, uh, the Wii did so well. And, you know, many developers, they took that wait and see approach on the Wii uh, because the GameCube did so poorly and then the Wii sold like bananas and so everybody was like all right let's start 
let's start bringing games out for the switch and they didn't take into account um the things that made or not the switch but the wii the things that made the wii unique the things that made the wii great and all they usually for the most part brought were kind of garbage ports of their games to try and make a quick cash in and that further reinforced this um this notion that people who buy Nintendo consoles only buy Nintendo games. Well, it's kind of tough for um, for you know the consumer to buy these games when they're poor, poorly made ports, and then the companies, you know, the, the, it's kind of a chicken and the egg thing going on. The, the consumer looks at the ports and they're like, "Well, those ports are kind of garbage. I don't want those, and so I'm not going to buy them. I'm just going to stick with the Nintendo stuff." And then at the same time the 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 consumers waiting for good ports or or games from third party companies that are awesome to come out and at the same time that they're waiting for that the companies that make these other games they're waiting for the consumer to buy the games that they've already made and it's this like this chicken and egg catch 22 like we're both having this staring contest and nobody's blinking well what we need is for the the third-party companies to make games for the switch that have the switch in mind first yeah yeah sometimes you can port a game over especially if it's uh in a a a third-party engine that is ubiquitous like it's on the xbox 360 and ps4 and switch like the unreal engine or was it uh the other one i uh, i can't remember which one uh but an engine that's on all three that makes it very easy to port things across when you're using a proprietary engine and you just kind of slap dash something together, that's not how you want to do things. And that's going to cause problems. So I understand why there's a lot of people out there that are like, I want Monster Hunter uh, World to come to the Switch. And guess what? I would too, but we're not going to get that. And sometimes we have to be okay with our console of choice not getting all of the games that we want. If somebody had a PS4 and they said, well, I really would love it if if uh, Nintendo would would make uh, Breath of the Wild for the PS4, the Nintendo fans would say, well, you should got to buy a Switch. And so that's the kind of thing that we, you know, it's OK for Nintendo to only make for their system. But when when we're talking about other companies, we get people get upset about that. So I get why Monster Hunter's not coming. I think the real question that we want to ask Capcom is how come Monster Hunter Double Cross for the Switch, which is a Switch game, it's a port of a 3DS game, uh, but it's a Switch game, how come it's not been localized for the North American audience? That's a real question that I think uh, would be great to answer because we've got a lot of Switch owners who want to play a Monster Hunter game, and they can't, and uh, all they can do is look longingly over at the PS4 and uh, Xbox One versions, and that's a little disappointing to them. Uh, especially when there is a Monster Hunter game on the Switch. It just hasn't been um, localized to English. Uh, So anyway, that's what we think. That's what I think we should ask Capcom. What do you think? Well, excuse me, princess. All right, gas up your cars, everybody. Get your your cleats on. And uh, we're going to be playing some soccer. Uh, Some soccer car ball. Because... Rocket League support or at RL support has tweeted that they are working on cross-platform parties. Now, what does that mean exactly? If you've not played 
uh, Rocket League. Uh, Rocket League is, I think it was the first game to have um, cross-platform play between the Switch and the Xbox and PC. Uh, Now, before that, it was PS4 could play with the PC, but it wasn't Switch. It it wasn't two different consoles. I'm pretty sure that Rocket League was that first game that had two different consoles able to play together. Um, maybe Final Fantasy XI, but I'm not sure. Now, that being said, when I when I say you can play together, that means that if I make a game, or may, not make a game, but if I start playing Rocket League, I could be matched up potentially with people who are playing on other platforms. That's great. But what if I, on the Switch, want to invite, let's say, my son, who's playing on PC, to a party so that we can be on the same team and stay on the same team together? Now, that makes things a little more difficult, especially if my son or you know a friend is playing on an Xbox One. So maybe I'm playing on the Switch, my son's playing on PC, and we've got a buddy who's playing on Xbox One, and we're trying to get a team together in Rocket League. And currently, there's no way to do that. Uh, however, this tweet by at RL support, uh, I'll read the tweet here. It says, hey there, we are actively working on cross-platform party support for a 2018 release. Now, that could be any time. We have no idea when that is going to be. Uh, it might not even be the first game to have it. I know that Microsoft is working on the same thing, uh, having... Uh, cross-platform grouping with the better together update for Minecraft so that we can get the Switch and Xbox One uh, players playing together uh, uh, on the same server in Minecraft. So I, you know, uh, Psyonix is not the only company working on this. We've also got um, Microsoft working on it. I'll tell you who's not working on it is Sony. Right now, Sony's kind of in the lead in the console space. And so they are kind of being jerks and they don't want to work with anybody. Uh, they pretending that they need to protect their user base from the those horrible Nintendo people. Um, but I'm pretty excited for this because I know that sometimes I want to play Rocket League and my son doesn't have it yet. He has it on PC and he doesn't really see the need to buy it again for the Switch. But that means that we can't play together. We can play against each other by accident, but nothing on purpose. And so I really hope that this is something that happens sooner rather than later. Uh, but with the vague 2018 as an answer, I guess we're just going to have to be patient and wait to find out what happens. Yeah. I personally have not played Doom on the Switch, but by all accounts, they've done a panic button has done a great job porting uh, a very... Uh, high-speed, graphically intense game to the Switch. Uh, They brought it down to 30 frames per second, and um, everybody says that they did a great job uh, outside of the fact that it doesn't have motion controls, which is why I won't buy it. Um, That being said, Panic Button, uh, they, uh, they said that they are excited to be working with Machine Games and Bethesda to bring Wolfenstein 2, the new Colossus, to Nintendo Switch system. So, It looks like Doom was their test, and now it's official that Panic Button is the company that is bringing the new Wolfenstein game to the Switch. I think that this is great news because Panic Button clearly knows what they're doing. Now, how is it that they get 
a game like Doom running on the Switch, it's because they use what's called variable resolution. At least that's what I call it. And that means if there's a lot of things on the screen, a lot of things for the game to draw, rather than drop frame rate, which is what would happen if uh, there's too many things on the screen. I'm just go back and play an old game on the... Uh, uh, on the NES or something, and if there's a lot of sprites on the screen, you would have that slowdown that was uh, that it was famous for. Well, uh, if instead of slowing down the frame rate, what they do instead is they drop the resolution down dynamically uh, to whatever it needs to be in order to maintain that 30 frames per second frame rate, which is very very important in a first person shooter. Uh, a first person shooter is incredibly uh, what's the word I'm looking for, Re- requires a lot of accuracy. And if uh, if the way that your cursor is moving across the screen, or really that the screen is moving across the cursor, if that's not predictable, then you're going to miss shots and you're going to get frustrated and you're not going to like the game and you're going to give up. And you're going to be unhappy and maybe you won't buy a game from that developer in the future. So it's very good that Panic Button is going to be bringing this game uh, to the Switch because... They clearly know what they're doing. Now, I am not going to be buying this game on the Switch because I don't think that Panic Button is going to be bringing those motion controls forward. Um, I want to play this game, but without having the gyroscopic aim, I just, I really... I think I'd be better off playing it either on the PS4 or even better on my PC because that's where I have the, the best control. Now... If um, Panic Button or Bethesda decided to implement gyroscopic aiming, then I would totally change my mind and I would definitely buy it on the Switch or the PS4 if the PS4 had gyroscopic aiming because the PS4 can also do that. Um, it's the, the only platform that can't do gyroscopic aiming is the Xbox One. The PS the PS4 has the six-axis controller. The Switch has the Joy-Cons with the gyroscopes in them. The uh, PC has a Steam controller with gyroscopes in it if you want. Plus, they can use the PS4 gyroscopes as well if they want. So the only platform that doesn't have gyroscopic controls is the Xbox One. And yet, developers just aren't using it. And it dries, drives me bananas. I can't stand it because it's such a great way to play. I played all of Doom on my Steam controller on my PC uh, and that is an incredibly fast-paced game and uh, you know I used the right thumb pad to look around real fast but when I wanted to aim I used I'm just tilt the controller just a little bit and it, it lets you aim almost almost like you're using a mouse. It's really good. So Again, I'm excited that Panic Button is doing this. I just hope that they've learned that we want gyroscopic controls because that is the best way to play. I like that better than mouse and keyboard, personally. It's more comfortable for me. Well, since the last time I recorded, I've done a couple of things. First off, I got a review code for Super One More Jump. Uh, This is a... I don't want to say Endless Runner. That was my initial impression. But after playing a little bit more, it's not an Endless Runner. And so I'm working on a review for that. It's going to take some time. Uh, But it is a game where you are just like a little block. And you are running 
uh, running along as a block. And if you hit a button, the block will kind of do a flip over and you can uh, gravity is kind of weird. You can kind of orbit things and it's really interesting. Just Google uh, Super One More Jump so you can see what it's like. And I'll have a review sometime soon ish. Um, the other thing that I've been, uh, doing is I was able to interview, uh, Desmond Wong of the gentle bros for the podcast. And he is, uh, the, the head of the gentle bros and they made the game cat quest for the switch. So I'm going to go ahead and shut up. I'm going to play that right now. And, uh, after the inter- after the interview, we'll, uh, wrap up the show. Why don't you tell me your history as a gamer? Oh, okay. I think I've been gaming as, lo- as long as I can remember. Like, when I was young, my parents used to uh, get me those... Um, I wasn't even playing on those consoles yet. It was those handheld devices they used to sell in, uh, like, Toys R Us and stuff like that, where you could only play, like, one game. So like Game I, & Watch? I, yeah, I, th- I think so. I can't really remember the name. There was, like, this basketball game that was just pixels on the screen and stuff like that. It was, like, really rudimentary... Um, my first major console, I think it was one of those, uh, it was the Sega Saturn, if I remember correctly. Yeah, so played Sonic on, Sonic on those and stuff like that. Um, then moved up to PlayStation 1. Um, I, I totally missed the, the N64 era. So like Mario, Zelda, I totally missed all those when I was a kid. I went straight to PlayStation. So I've been catching up on all those games uh, when, I, when, I got older, when I got older. Um, yeah, and I've been playing every every single um, console from then on, like PlayStation 3, 4, uh, got the Wii, Wii U, Switch, um, a huge PC gamer as well, play lots of PC games. Um, yeah, my favorite game of all time is probably either, it's, it's a tie between Witcher 3 and uh, now Breath of the Wild. I'm a huge open world guy. Uh, yeah, I, I guess that's a little bit about uh, what kind of gamer I am. That's How awesome. about you? Yeah, a buddy of mine keeps telling me I have to play Witcher 3, and I just can't get around to it, um, but it's oh, definitely it's, on my list. Yeah, it's really, it's really, really good. Yeah, it's one of those games you've got to play. Uh, what's your what's your guilty pleasure game? Like the game where where everybody else seems to think, oh, man, this game's not very good, but you're like, man, I love this game. Oh, I, I, I know what you mean. Like Kind of like Dynasty Warriors, right? Like Everyone seems to hate it, but the people who really like it, they really, really like it. Um, for me, damn, that's a tough question because kind of like the, the, the games I really enjoy are kind of like kind of accepted in the in by everyone else so i'm i don't really have a guilty pleasure i think all right yeah have you played fire emblem warriors um i have not if if you like the dynasty warriors games and i've never played one before um Uh but if you like the fire emblem games i guess is what i should have said like the way that they kind of mash up fire emblem and the warriors games together is really really interesting I see. Well, I, I kind of have a little bit of a bias against uh, the Dynasty Warriors franchise because I, I used to work on those. So, like, oh. it's it, yeah, it kind of reminds me of my work, like, like, like my job back then. So it doesn't. Yeah. So that, I can't I can't really enjoy it for as it just being a game. So, yeah. It, yeah. So it, it, it kind of sucks. But yeah. So <laughs> I, I, why don't yeah. you tell me a little bit about games that you've uh, that you've worked on then? 
Oh, um, yeah. So before I started uh, the Gentle Bros with my friends, uh, we all used to work at Koei Tecmo. So over there, we worked on... Uh, uh, I, I personally worked on Dynasty Warriors 8, I think. Uh, yeah, it was Dynasty Warriors, Dynasty Warriors 8, uh, Hyrule Warriors for the Wii U. Um, worked on Fatal Frame 5. Uh, worked on bunch of the bunch of Tecmo games like Dead or Alive, uh, Ninja Gaiden and stuff like that. Uh, my partner worked on Neo. Um, yeah, so those were the games that we worked on. Yeah, awesome. When yeah, and then you made Gentle Bros, which by the way I really yeah. like the name of the company. And oh, thank um, you. <laughs> was Cat Quest your first game that you made as that company? Um, not, no, it wasn't. Uh, our first game was actually Slashy Hero. It was a, it started off as a mobile game and it was something that we did while working in, uh, Koei Tecmo. So it, it was just totally something, uh, that we worked on in our free time. Uh, we totally got permission from it, from uh, the high ups at the company saying like, Hey, can we just do this after work? They were totally cool with it because mainly because we were working on uh, console games and, uh, uh, Slashy Hero was supposed to be a mobile title, so it was there wasn't really much conflict at all. Um, that game we we were close to completion, uh, and I decided to kind of like ship that game to a couple of publishers. Um, Congregate decided to pick it up, um, and we used that opportunity to leave the company and start the Gentle Bros. So. Um, Congregate gave us some money to start with. We used that money to uh, to launch our company. And uh, we launched Slashy Hero about like a couple of months after that. And uh, when it came out, we supported it for a little while. And then we started work on Cat Quest. So that's kind of how we got to where we are today. Awesome. Well, speaking of where we are today, why don't you tell me, like, what's the elevator pitch for Cat Quest? Oh, the elevator pitch was basically an open world game about cats. So that 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 was pretty much the idea uh, that we came up with. But um, the the final idea of Cat Quest was a really long road. It started off as a dancing game. Um, we went through many different iterations, and uh, we finally came out with the idea that we got today. So it was a lot of a uh, lot of uh, code that we wrote, a lot of art that we had to throw away. Um, and yeah, we just kept changing the idea until something finally clicked. Uh, but the idea of cats was always around there. We really wanted to make a game about cats. And we noticed that there wasn't really um, an RPG or open world RPG that centered around cats. I mean, in, in Skyrim, you could, you, could, you could play as the Khajiit, which is the closest cat race, I guess. But yeah, we wanted to make a a game that was fully themed around cats so everything will be a cat pun everything in the world will be designed with cats in mind and yeah that was where the idea of cat quest came about you, you mentioned uh that you, you know you had a lot of cat puns how did that affect the time it takes for localization and you were not kidding there are a lot oh. of puns in the game but it must have really <laughs> yeah. made things difficult yeah so um but it was it was difficult, but a lot of the localization people that we worked with, like the translators and and stuff like that, they 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 said that it was tough, but it was really fun to do as well. So like um, we we don't really know how well it turned out, obviously, because we we we, we can't really read those languages. But from what our fans tell us, uh, they say that uh, it it was done really well. Like 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 a lot of the puns that that we came up with 
didn't really get lost in translation, surprisingly. So for us, we, we knew that this might have been a problem. Like a lot of people told us to, hey, stay away from puns. It's not going to translate well to other languages and stuff like that. So, but then to us, we, we, we felt that we didn't really want to compromise our overall vision for the game. If, 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 if puns couldn't work in other languages, I mean, so, so be it. It will just be a, a more regular translation of our text. As long as one of the languages or, as, or a couple of languages managed to get the puns, that would have been enough for us. So, yeah, I guess it was tough, but um, I think the, 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 the people we chose to do the translation really put through and did a pretty good job. Yeah. What was the original language that you, like, designed the game in? Oh, it was English, yeah. Oh, okay, because I was going to say that the, the, the localization team did a fantastic job uh, with the puns in English, but I guess we have <laughs> no idea of how they did with the other things, but... You know, I, I think that the, the jokes and the puns in the game are really hilarious. And my son and I laughed a lot while we were playing this oh, game. Thank you so much. Yeah, we had a, we had a lot of fun um, coming up with the puns as well. Uh, it was like to the point where we kind of uh, were talking to puns like amongst themselves in the, amongst ourselves in the office. <laughs> yeah, it's, it like totally like invaded our personal lives and stuff like that. So yeah, it's pretty cool. And uh, I, I, but I think we've kind of run out of, of puns to do and we might have gone a little overboard. So yeah, sorry about that, everyone. Is it going to make it difficult for DLC in the future? Like, mean, like coming yeah, up with, with new puns? Um, not exactly. I mean, there's this, this, like, after a while, you start to go into rhythm, like you start to understand how the puns are made, like purr or like paw. You, you, you start to realize that there's kind of a lot of, that there's a couple of words or there's actually a lot of words where you can, you, where you can slip those paw and purr um, words into it to create a pun. So it gets easier after a while. And yeah, it's, it's just how far we want to go with it, how cringe wordy we want to go with it. Uh, but yeah. It's not that bad. <laughs> so, uh, speaking of DLC, is there there are plans for DLC to come to Cat Quest in the future? Um, there are plans for updates. We're not so sure about full flesh DLCs because we really want to move on to uh, the next project that we want to do. It it'll, it'll still be in the Cat Quest universe, and um, and yeah, it's gonna. We're we're just thinking right now whether we want to save a lot of the ideas we have. Uh, for DLC for Cat Quest, or whether we want to put it into a new game where we can do a better job. So kind of like a lot of the ideas we have, where some some of it we're saving it for updates, others we're saving it for the next game, like the better ones we're saving it for the next game and stuff like that. Um, as to whether we have we're gonna have full flesh DLCs, um, right now we we're, we're not ready to announce anything yet. Uh, but yeah. Fair enough. But, but, stay, but yeah, but stay tuned. But, but stay tuned for um, any announcements that we'll have in the future. Oh, definitely. So you said that you worked on um, Hyrule Warriors for the Wii U, and now you've brought a game to the Switch. I'm curious, as a developer, uh, how right. what was your experience like? Uh, how has it changed going from Wii U development to Switch development? <sighs> Oh, I mean, I can't really say much about that because um, I was an artist on that project and um, and we, we, we only really worked on that project for a very short while. Uh, so in terms of art 
production, it's it's not much different across any platform. Like whether you're working on a PlayStation right. or, or Xbox or, or, or Wii, uh, it's actually not that much different. You, we, we're given the engine to work with, the previewer and stuff like that, and we, and, we, and we can just view our assets through that. So fundamentally, the way of working on art assets, it's, it's always the same. Um, but right now, I, I can I, I, I can share a little bit of how the Switch development differs from like other platforms like Steam, uh, PlayStation and stuff like that. And uh, and yeah, the, the, the Switch version has been very smooth sailing. It has been very easy to work with the dev kit, much easier than uh, PlayStation or, 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 or any other uh, platforms out there. Um, was the the update process is a little bit of a bitch though but, but yeah but that but that's after launch uh yeah so i i i would say it's pretty good i've heard horror stories i've heard horror stories about the wii u development though from my friends who have worked on it so i mean judging from what they've they've told me i think the switch i think switch development in general is a lot better than what it was previously so you were an artist on uh, previous topics or f- previous games. I, I imagine now that it, that uh, Gentle Bros is your company, you have to do a lot more than just make art assets. So what is it that you do on your dev team over at Gentle Bros? Oh, ab- absolutely. I mean, besides the artist, I'm also the game designer and uh, I do a lot of the business stuff and marketing stuff too. So yeah, a lot of people think game development is just art, programming, um, code and stuff like that, but there's a lot of things in the background that, that 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 goes into it too. Like starting your own company in Singapore, at least there's a bunch of paperwork. In fact, I think anywhere in the world there'll be a lot of paperwork. There's like taxes to do. Uh, we have we we have this thing in Singapore called CPF, which is really annoying. Um, yeah, and and all the business stuff like talking to uh publishers, um, talking to journalists, talking to the media like you guys. Um, thinking of a marketing plan back then when, when we were working in Kuwait, we just needed to do our job that was put in front of us. Now we kind of need to plan like two years down the road. Uh, what are we going to do for our next project? How are we going to market it? Um, and, and usually this all comes together. Like for example, we, you don't want to make a game that is going to be tough to market. Yeah, you want to you wanna make a game that people will like, uh, that, that will be easy to sell later down the road. You don't want to dig yourself into a hole basically. Um, yeah, so there's all these extra things now to to think about. Um, I've never answered so many emails in my life. Like <laughs> every every day, I, I wake up, there's like ten emails waiting for us. Uh, and yeah, so it's been really different, but it's been really fun as well. Yeah, uh, that's a good problem really, to have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, being busy is a good problem. Like, um, and, and, and we've really felt the difference with Cat Quest. Um, for Slashy Hero, it was a moderate success. We had like a million downloads on, on mobile, but it was a free-to-play game. So a million downloads is pretty, it's it, it's decent. Um, but with Cat Quest, we've had a lot more fan feedback. I think we've had a lot more traction with Cat Quest. And, and yeah, every day on Facebook page or Twitter, there's always someone asking us something. So we've been supporting our fans with uh, by answering them, by supporting the community. And yeah, we, we read everything, like all the reviews, we read all the Steam stuff, like all the good stuff and all the bad stuff too. Yeah, it's both been fun and sometimes infuriating, but yeah, but overall it's, it's, an, it's a really, really awesome experience. That's awesome. Uh, I asked my audience uh, if they had any questions for you and Captain Logan 
Uh, he said he he that they noticed that you guys purposely had a lot of quests that were repeated. Were was that so that you could grind levels in order to level up to get to the next point? And what was your reasoning behind uh, doing uh, repeated quests versus more independent quests? Um, what do you mean by repeated quests? Um, like, I guess one that I would that that pops to mind is, and it's not my question, so I'm not sure if this is what exactly right, yeah, what he's yeah. talking about. But one that uh -huh. comes to mind is like the ones where you had to ping pong between those two houses uh, multiple times, like over and over again, uh, where the something about the sister. I don't want to spoil it for people oh, who haven't. Oh, I see, I see. Right, because, yeah, that, that question uh, is... is Okay, so what, what we try to do was we try to make every quest different from each other. So it might have been repetitive in terms of the design, but the story of, of each quest line is is all unique. Uh, for that particular quest that was done on purpose, it was, it's, it's because the, the whole area is the Twin Towns, so the, the, the quests are also related to each other. So we want to do something special, kind of like um, the quest you do in one of the towns. You do the same quest again in another in the next town, but with a slight twist. And that twist will always lead to the next part of that quest line. So that was the theme for that quest. Um, but it, but I think besides that, we don't really do that in any other of the quest lines. So we have yeah. So the other quest lines are all totally different stories. Um, and yeah. So I mean, hopefully. Um, if it all turned out well, everyone would, everyone would feel that each storyline would have been uh, unique and different. But I guess maybe we didn't really do a good job there. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say that you didn't do a good job. I thought it was really fun. Um, oh, thanks. So, uh, you know, I don't really have any other questions about CatQuest specifically. Is there something that you want to talk about with CatQuest or maybe your next project at all? Um, hmm... I don't really have any questions in mind about CatQuest. I mean, it's it's been out for quite a while already, so so yeah, I we we're, we're just like totally full on um wanting to do our next project right now, and uh, yeah, we've been doing concepts, coming up with really cool ideas, and yeah, stuff like that. Hope people will like what we do next. So what 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 do you do for fun that has nothing to do with video games? What do I do for fun? I actually love to go cycling. Uh, around 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 town and stuff like that. Yeah, like cycling in parks, around rivers and lakes. Uh, yeah, I just like getting some exercise, <laughs> getting out of the house now and then. You know, getting out of the computer. Um, but yeah, besides that, I really do love playing games. Like the switch, the switch makes that even harder to get rid of. Like now, I bring <laughs> I bring my switch with me everywhere. Like on the train, usually on the train, I use the chance to read like a book or something. But now. I'm just playing games on on the train as well so yeah it's kind of bad and good at the same time so so what was your favorite game of last year for the switch oh i mean it it was it's really it's really tough between tough choice between mario and zelda i kind of enjoyed mario more but i accept that zelda made greater strides in the open world genre than mario did in the platforming genre so I got to give it to Zelda as my favorite game of 2017. Yeah, that's a that's a good answer. And I think Mario is also a good answer. I think w when um, when I was working on my year end show, uh, right. that's that's the thing that I was having trouble with is picking between those two because they were just both were just the pinnacle of 
their genres. And I thought it was great. Um, yeah, go absolutely. Ahead. I mean, yeah, I mean, Mario did everything right. Absolutely everything right. And I had way more fun. Okay, not way more fun, but I had a lot more enjoyment out of Mario. Like, I really could not stop playing that game. There was never a dull moment in Mario Odyssey. Whereas in Zelda, there were moments where you're like just walking across like white source of land and it, it does get a little bit boring after a while like especially searching for all those korok seeds or finding that last shrine out of like hundreds of them um but yeah i mean overall i think zelda really really it really gave a new experience whereas mario kind of perfected the formula i suppose well, thanks for so much for coming on the show and talking to me. Where is it that people can find you and your company uh, on, on the internet? Right. So you can find us on Twitter at The Gentle Bros. And uh, you can like CatQuest on its Facebook page. Do like us on our Facebook page, too. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for coming on, Desmond. No problem. Thanks right. so Have much a great day. for having me. Yeah, you too. That is all the time that we have for today. If there's a story that I missed or a topic that you would like discussed, please let me know at one of the ways that I mentioned at the beginning of the show. If you're looking for ways to support the show, uh, head on over to runjumpstomp.com support. There's a bunch of different ways that you can support the show. The easiest way is just to share it with a friend. But I do want to take just a second and talk about Patreon. Um, when Patreon did their shenanigans uh, last year, I think it was November or December. I'm pretty sure it was November, uh, where they decided to try and charge the patrons instead of charging the creators. Uh, I lost a whole bunch of patrons and I just want to say thank you to the people who stuck around and I totally understand why people left. But if you're listening and you did not know that Patreon changed their mind after, uh, after the bashlack, bash the backlash from the community, uh, they went back to the old way. So, you know, if you want to come back, that would be awesome. And if not, I totally understand as well. Uh, anyway, thank you guys to, for supporting the show. It really makes a difference. It really does. Um, also, thank you to Noteblock and Tom Winter for the use of your music. I really appreciate it. Make sure you head over to their YouTube channels and give them a subscription there. And, uh, you know, in, comment in one of their videos that they that you heard about the, the uh, their music on Switchcraft. Uh, I'm out of here. I'll see you guys on Thursday. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Switchcraft is brought to you by Audible. Audible is the publisher and distributor of the world's largest selection of digital audiobooks and spoken word content. Audible customers can listen anytime and anywhere to professionally narrated audiobooks across a wide range of genres, including bestsellers, new releases, sci-fi, romances, classics, and more. Get two free audiobooks to start. After 30 days, if you decide to cancel, you get to keep the books. If you decide to stay on, and you probably will, get one book every month for $14.95. In addition, you also get 30% off the price of additional audiobook purchases. Cancel anytime. Your books are yours to keep even if you cancel. You can sign up today for your free 30-day trial at runjumpstomp.com audible and directly support the show. Thank you.